Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Janet Emanuel for the Office of Public Affairs at Yale. Today I'm speaking with Stephen Gervin, the Deputy Provost for Science and Technology and the Eugene Higgins Professor of Physics and Applied Physics. We'll be talking about the paradox of interdisciplinary academics. Interdisciplinary is becoming a popular approach to research and teaching. It's making unprecedented opportunities for fresh perspectives on difficult and lingering problems, and it's opening new directions for research that were once only in the realm of science fiction. While there are obvious benefits, there may also be some unforeseen pitfalls. Professor Gervin, what's your perspective on the interdisciplinary approach? So Janet, that's a very interesting question and one that we wrestle with as we try to help science advance at Yale. The reason that it's complicated is that fields evolve. So for example, uh, we have uh, a system of organizing uh, science around discipline-based departments, but disciplines change and evolve with time. So. Um, 75 years ago, there was no such thing as electrical engineering, and uh, it was um, a field essentially invented by physicists. Of course, we physicists tend to think that we invent everything, but I think it's true that we uh, essentially started electrical engineering, and then it, it became a discipline in its own right, and uh, departments uh, sp sprang up around the country and the world. And they started, they went off and did things that uh, physicists uh, stopped doing. But nowadays, uh, uh, there are new things happening at the interface. Uh, uh, for example, work here at Yale on quantum electrical engineering, bringing the laws of quantum physics uh, together with the experimental techniques and of electrical engineering. The other complication is that, in, and especially important in, in training ourselves for our research and training uh, uh, students, how do you become interdisciplinary if you don't already have a discipline? Does that make any sense? In some sense, you, you, you need to have the experience of going very deep in one subject up to the frontiers of some uh, discipline and learning its central techniques before you can broaden out and, and start interacting with uh, other areas and bring that knowledge of how to do deep things to um, a broader context. How is Yale bringing this approach to the students so that they're both getting the breadth of the interdisciplinary approach, but the depth of the discipline that goes along with being able to study effectively? Well, we have a number of um, programs in which uh, students can, uh, for example, graduate students can apply to be admitted to a particular uh, discipline-based department but then actually do their degree work within a uh, center which is connecting several uh, different departments. The, um, 
the BBS program, for example, is, a, is an umbrella organization in which uh, uh, the biological sciences students can apply, but then they can end up in, they apply centrally, but they can end up in neuroscience or biophysics or biological chemistry, many different areas. So it actually works both ways. They can either apply to a large program and subspecialize in one of the subspecialties there, or they can apply to a very singular department that's part of a center. Exactly. So, for instance, we have a new um, uh, Sackler Institute, uh, an integrated graduate program in uh, physical and engineering biology, so you can apply to one of the departments, physics or um, uh, mechanical engineering or molecular biology and biophysics, be accepted by that pro program, uh, but then your training is a little bit different from the students who are uh, going through the sort of individual departments program. You. You, the biologists um, learn some mathematics and some physical measurement techniques. The physicists have to learn uh, the particular, uh, all of the particular details of experimental uh, biology and uh, wet biology labs. The, um, there are a number of examples uh, like that in programs at Yale. Uh, I thought I might discuss some individual examples of of research that's that's going on. Uh, I myself am a, a theoretician. It's easier for theoreticians to sort of flit between fields. We just need a new sheet of paper and turn around and f face some other direction. Uh, for experimentalists, it's um, more difficult and one way to become interdisciplinary is to have to bring your expertise to another person in another field and, and have a joint collaboration. So one interesting one that's happening right now uh, is between uh, Eric Dufresne, a uh, um, uh, condensed matter experimentalist who's sitting in the Department of Mechanical Engineering. So already you can see he's, he's had a, a, uh, a career trajectory which involves more than one uh, subfield. Uh, and he's collaborating with Paul Forscher from um, uh, MCDB, Molecular, Cellular, and Developmental Biology. Forscher is a uh, neuroscientist and uh, Eric is an expert in optical techniques and has a fascinating system called an optical tweezer, which is a, a beam of laser light with special properties that can be used to actually uh, gently tug on, on, uh, on small uh, probes and, and in, in even individual molecules. And Forscher has uh, expertise for uh, studying the, 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 uh, how neurons in, in your brain uh, end up getting connected to each other and how they know how to find each other. And together they're doing something that neither one alone could do. So uh, Eric's optical tweezers can, 
can be used to grab onto a dozen individual um, uh, microscopic plastic spheres that have had uh, particular proteins coated on their surface which activate or deactivate um, neurons. And he can move them around with these light beams and touch the, a single neuron from a uh, sea slug that happens to have unusually large neurons <laughs> and touch the neuron in 12 different places and poke and pull on it and, 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 um, and present proteins that, uh, that excite or de-excite it. So together they're able to, um, I mean a physicist would not normally know how to keep a <laughs> neuronal cell alive and a, and a biologist would typically not know how to build an, a fancy apparatus that can move 12 optical beams around at the same time. So it really is bringing a whole new dimension to how cells can be um, manipulated and how physical forces can Right, right. So physicists are bringing new techniques uh, and engineers, uh, new physical and engineering techniques, measurement techniques to biology, and uh, biologists are having to teach the physicists that not everything is spherical or simple. <laughs> <laughs> so any downsides to this kind of? Well, you know, you can... Um, I mean, I mentioned that it's easier for theorists to flit about between fields. One, one could become a dilettante and, and uh, be extremely broad but exceptionally shallow, and uh, that isn't necessarily a good thing. Uh, you can assume that because you were extremely successful in going deep in your discipline that it'll be trivial for you to, to um, do deep things in a neighboring or other discipline. And you forget all the years of work and mistakes and struggles that were necessary for you to go deep and be successful. So um, one has to uh, watch out for assuming that you uh, can can really do things in a in another highly developed field without by just walking in and starting to do them. How does one uh, teach this to students? To, say, undergraduates as opposed to graduate students who are already based in what they've begun. Right. So um, that's an interesting and, and difficult question. Of course, we, as science progresses, uh, there's more and more things that are central and important that everybody should know. And so... Uh, but we still have the same number of hours in a, in a four-year undergraduate curriculum, so we have to somehow be selective and um, uh, make available courses for the students that cover the really key core concepts. But we'd also like them to, to have some, some exposure, some breadth, so that they get a perspective on uh, not just the subspecialty of their field, but their whole field, and then even the surrounding disciplines, because that's where today a lot of, the, as fields mature at different rates, it's important to keep looking in the, in the white spaces or the blank spaces or the frontiers between disciplines for, for the exciting research directions. So, um, but we have a lot of opportunities, of course, for undergraduates to do 
laboratory research at Yale leading up to a senior thesis. And um, Eric Dufresne, the person I mentioned earlier, has, uh, I know, a number of undergrads who've uh, started learning both laser physics and and uh, neuroscience as a result of re summer and uh, senior year research experiences in his lab. That really is a broad jump from how science has been taught in the past, and uh, that's very exciting. Can you give us a couple of other examples of some of the interdisciplinary programs that Yale has or is beginning? So another example uh, is a new major that we have, Computing in the Arts, that's um, been founded uh, by Julie Dorsey, Paul Hudak, and Holly Rushmeyer in computer science. Yale, of course, is uh, well known for its humanities and arts programs, and we have a um, set of people in computer science that are renowned experts in uh, computer music and computer graphics, and they have, in collaboration with uh, the various uh, people in the arts at Yale, have started a new major, which will be, um, it's a computer science major. It's, it's a, you know, you have to be a serious computer scientist to, to go into this track, but at the same time, it's looking at problems that are um, generated or motivated or inspired by issues in, in the arts, you know, three-dimensional uh, modeling and imaging of sculptures and architectural um, designs, um, museum pieces being, um, being represented and uh, digitally, for example, um, uh, analysis of, of digitally generated and digitally studied music. That's an interesting combination of uh, uh, science and the arts. Great. That's exactly what I was just going to say. It sounds like uh, the arts and sciences are really coming together in a whole new way. Right. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. This was Steve Gervin, Yale Deputy Provost for Science and Technology, and Eugene Higgins, Professor of Physics and Applied Physics. It was recorded January 23rd, 2009.